Welcome to Enroute to Success, where we have raw, vulnerable conversations between Fitz DeSanto, Sam Boyer, and many talented individuals, unraveling the truths and principles of people's experiences, methods to grow, and discovering how to live a fulfilling lifestyle. Buckle up, the journey begins now. Hello, everyone. How are you guys today? Hope everybody's doing well. I'm so excited. I'm so amped up. I'm getting the energy up. I want to welcome first my co-host. Hi, Sam. How are you? Hey, Fitz. I'm doing well. Happy Friday to you. Hope you're, uh, hope you're feeling the vibes like I am. I know. I'm excited. It's Friday. We have a great guest today. That's really personal to me too, because our guest is actually Chili's dog trainer. As you guys know, Chili's part of the podcast crew and Chili's my golden doodle dog. Guest today that is an owner of Baxter and Bella. I want to do a little bit of a history and I'll, I'll explain how I came across Baxter and Bella, the online puppy training school through actually a Facebook group of all places. You know, I listened to one of Amy's podcasts and going through the website of Baxter and Bella, I was really sold, you know, training my puppy, Chili, so fun, but they're also not all rainbows and sunshines, sleepless nights, frustrations, and many crazy feelings that can really creep in. This is when Amy, the owner and founder and creator of Baxter and Bella has been very supportive every step of the way. Through baxterandbella.com, it has a comprehensive list of video trainings, classes, lessons, etc. You name it, they got it. Going through the program, it's not just dog training. Honestly, I felt like it's also human training, Amy, as I call it, because Amy approach is very positive in real life experiences. They also offer therapy and service dog training. Most of all, though, their main mission is bridging the disconnect from the breeder's place to an actual home. So strengthening the relationship of animal owners with their canines so they live their best lives together. In short, really for your puppy to be well-mannered, happy dog that everyone can enjoy. It's really a win-win situation for both family and our loving canines. So a little bit of history of Amy. Amy is a professional dog trainer and I put here family coach because it's true. We'll get to that in a minute. She's also a member of APDT, Association of Pet Dog Trainers, AKC Canine Good Citizen Evaluator, and a member of IABC, which is the International Association of Animal Behavior Consultants. Seriously, I really love their mantra, which their program is designed to help you in becoming best friends as you train your own dog from home through love and learning. I'm here to help you every step of the way, as what Amy says all the time. So, so good, Amy. So that really speaks to my heart. Without further ado, I want to welcome Amy Jensen, the creator of BaxterandBella.com. Amy, thank you for joining. Yeah, thank you for having me today. I'm honored. Absolutely. I hope I didn't miss any credentials. If I missed, just let me know. <laughs> uh, you did great. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I mean, thank you for, for coming on with us. And really, whenever we, we do this podcast and our first question really is the intro of a high overview and how you got to what you do today and a little bit of history of, of yourself and where you're from. And I know for sure because I've followed you and and I want to serve that to our listeners in relates to what you how you got to what you do today. Yeah, for sure. So I have a kind of an interesting background. I actually started my education in mathematics and I decided to be a teacher. So originally I was going to go into veterinary medicine. I loved animals my entire life. I've been raised with animals. I've trained a lot of animals just because it was fun when I was young. 
Um, but as I went to college, I decided that I really loved teaching. I really loved helping others understand concepts and watching them as that light bulb clicks on. So I decided to go into mathematics education. And after teaching for several years, I decided to stay home and raise my kids. I love, absolutely love being a mom. And when my youngest went to kindergarten, I found a friend who trains dogs and I started working with her for a few hours a week to get back into working with animals. And that led me to training more dogs for families and then eventually service dog work as well as I had a family client who contacted me to train their dog for service work. So as I was doing this, I would tell my husband, Scott, a lot, I want to help more people. Like right now I am helping a few people a year. I can take in a few puppies at a time, um, but I really want to help more people. So I decided to create an educational program with my teacher background with the intent to send it home in a workbook format. So that every puppy breeder, you know, that sends home a puppy can just send home the workbook with them. And then any dog that got adopted from a shelter or rescue organization could also be sent home with a workbook. Well, my husband, Scott, and I started talking about it and we're working on the project and we decided that a website would be better because we could include video instruction. So glad that we went that route. And now we help thousands of families all around the world to live the good life with their dogs in their homes. So we run the business together. We created the online puppy school complete with, like you said, lessons, videos, classes, courses, one-on-one -on -one sessions with trainers and more to educate and show others exactly what we do with the dogs we train professionally. Oh, very nice. I mean, it's, I love how that came about, you know, and I wanted to unpack a little bit of that story on how you guys transition from being a teacher like how how did you maybe I would say come to that conclusion in a way of because there's a fear of change right because like transitioning to a new career being a math teacher and it is transferable because right now you're doing a fantastic job like with the Baxter and Bell it, I could see the teachings there and how you love it with all the videos so I kind of want to know how that transition and um, what happened in that thought process. Yeah, that's interesting. It was really a snowball effect. And once I jumped into it, I just never looked back. Um, I had the idea of, you know, creating that do-it-yourself program and it just happened to turn into a profitable, profitable business. It wasn't something that I planned on, actually. It was more of a, this is what I love to do. This is what I'm passionate about. So I want to learn more about it. And then it just kind of snowballed. Um, so from our very small beginnings, basically a business that I could handle to now we have a team that surrounds us. I feel like I kind of skipped the fear phase, if you will. You know, when you're on like a diving board or a cliff and you're jumping into a lake and you pause to think about making the plunge. Uh, it's almost like we started so low to the water that there really wasn't much fear there. And then we just kind of have been trying to hold on ever since. So it's just really snowballed, like I said, and we've learned a lot along the way and we're constantly evolving and trying to change and become better just to serve our clients. Um, and there's really no time to look back now. Boyer, I'm going to stop talking because I tend to keep going. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> Whenever Fitz is on a roll, we let him go. So <laughs> no, I just think it's interesting. So because there's definitely the, uh, the drive that you shared about wanting to like help people and kind of, that's what sparked the wanting to evolve it to just more than a couple people per year. Um, I'm sure the background in mathematics played in a little bit on the business side. Is there any transfer there? Or was it kind of just like, Nope, this is a whole new, whole new way of thinking and we're just going to go for it or what happened with that? Yeah. So my husband is a business major and he's been in business his whole career. So it's a great 
teamwork effort. You know, like I do the clientele teaching part of it and he does the business side of it. And I am happy to leave the business side to him because I've dabbled in it now. Yeah. I'm pretty smart business wise. I would say, you know, much better than I was when I first started. Um, but still I prefer to leave that to him and he's happy to take that side of it. So we work pretty well as a team. That's awesome. It's like the the perfect duo on the perfect journey for both of you. It's great. Yeah. It's been fun. That's so cool. And I think for me, I'm curious because I, I read some of the about us in your site too. I, I love the story between you and your husband just kind of sitting down and he was asking you, well, what did you want to do in your spare time? And there's no hesitation. You just said, puppies, I want to fix the puppy problem. <laughs> and I love it. I was like, wow, this is so cool. And you could see it from your work and you, you put your passion to that. So it's a great segue. Like why puppies, Amy? Like why, why puppies? Like that's. I've always loved dogs. Dogs just, you know, they're great at knowing you, you know, ever since I was a little child, if I had a bad day or I needed to talk to somebody, I'd always go talk to my dog. Like he was just always there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so dogs have always been part of my life. Um, just having a dog in your home, when you have a stressful day, you go pet that animal, your heart rate comes down, your anxiety comes down. They just offer that unconditional love that, you know, sometimes as humans, we're not so good at offering. Um, we do our best, but dogs sure know how to do it well with no hesitation, right? Like I could, right. I, I could see that with Chili too. It's like, how are you so nice to me? You know, it's a, <laughs> I'm having a bad day, but no, that, that makes sense. Boyer, do you have any thoughts on that? Or? No, I, I've, uh, so when I grew up with, with having two dogs and I, I totally agree with, they're just literally so excited to see you. It, it almost in a way teaches human beings how to have like unconditional love. Um, so I think we, Definitely need to take that from them. But I am curious too, more so on how you came up with the name for mm. for Baxter and Bella. And what's the background behind that? Because it is a it flows really well. It's smooth and and I just want to know where that came from. So you're gonna kind of laugh maybe, but that's all right. <laughs> uh, Scott and I, we needed this business name, right? So we thought, okay, let's make a business. And we needed some branding, we needed some marketing, we needed some, you know, a logo, we needed all the basics, a name, really. <laughs> So we were playing Bananagrams one night and we decided we'd just divide up the letters and okay, Scott, you come up with a dog name and I'll come up with a dog name. So we were going off of the idea, you hear a lot of legal firms that sound pretty classy with just their last names paired together. And that's kind of the feeling and overall theme that I wanted to flow through our business was just a nice classy feel to it. So we went with the classic colors of black and white and we added some yellow and then the names I thought, well, let's just come up with dog names that we like. So he got some bananagrams. I got some bananagrams. We each came up with a name and then we started pairing them together and Baxter and Bella just kind of rolled off our tongue. So we just kept it. And originally we thought, okay, we'll get a Baxter and we'll get a Bella. And I was doing service dog work at the time. So we thought, well, we'll have a Baxter and a Bella and we'll start to get into the breeding side of things so that we can find those really good lines and then just keep training a service dog from those lines. And as we got more into the training part of it, I really just didn't want to leave the training part of it. And so we started meeting a lot of good breeders as well. And I thought, you know what, they do their job so well. I'll stick to my training and I'll let them stick to the breeding. So we actually don't even have a Baxter or a Bella, but this Sunday we're getting a Baxter and we are beyond excited. 
That's so yeah. awesome. So about to have the, uh, the official company mascot soon. I know. Yes, we are super excited. So he's a little Labradoodle puppy coming from Camden Lane Labradoodles in Draper, Utah, and we'll pick him up Sunday. My youngest daughter is 11 and she's kind of the mini me. She loves to train with me. So together we're going to train this dog, hopefully to be a therapy dog. We're excited about it. Yeah, I saw some pictures too. It was, it was really cute and I'm so excited. There'll be more training videos and more updates. I'm, I'm beyond excited being a BXB member. It's kind of, it flows really well because it's like, even when I'm talking to other community, like, yeah, it's like a, in BXB videos, it's on this and this site, you know, so it, it flows. So good job on that, Amy. I love it. It's not like awesome dog training score. I mean, I don't know, <laughs> but I'm just saying like, this one is really just, it flows well. Well, thank you. It has been fun because our idea was, you know, it doesn't say anything puppy in it. It doesn't say anything dog in it. And Scott and I would talk and have conversations about, do you think it would ever just become a household name where people will hear Baxter and Bella and think puppy training? And I honestly thought, no, there's no way, but we're getting close to where people start to recognize, hey, Baxter and Bella, have you heard of Baxter and Bella? And that's been really fun. I could, I could attest to that. Like people know the BXB, you know, so it's, it's pretty good. Well, my next question here is, why puppies? Why not old older dogs or senior dogs? Like, what was the what was the story behind that? Why puppies? Because you know, puppies are patience tester. I know, I live with it. You know, it's like ah, oh, you know, so they're cute, but they test you really well. They do, and they come with razor sharp teeth. So, <laughs> <laughs> I just felt like there was this gap, as you mentioned earlier. I just felt like the breeders, and the more I got to know them, and the more I got to learn about what they do, they prepare these puppies really well. Um, they do a lot of early socialization. They introduce them to crate training. They get them to, you know, sit to say please. Um, and oftentimes that puppy goes to the home and the family is super excited to get a dog. And they're kind of wrapped up in the excitement that they don't really know what to do with one, you know, but hey, the excitement will carry us through. We'll get this puppy and then they get it home and they just kind of struggle for a few weeks. And then, okay, it's time to sign it up for puppy kindergarten. Let's go try puppy kindergarten. But there is this gap between when the puppy actually comes home to when they go seek, you know, training help. And I thought if there was just a little more education in that window, I think a lot more people would have success with their dogs. The number one reason people surrender their dogs is usually a behavioral issue. So that's what I was trying to change and to get more dogs to stay in these loving homes where they belong is just let's educate the families on what you can do right away so that your training is a smooth journey. There's going to be bumps and bruises, right? Fitz, you know that with Chili. There's going to be little things that pop up that we didn't expect, but giving them the background and the knowledge that they need really to be a trainer. I tell people that all of the time is that when you get a dog, guess what? You're a trainer. Welcome to my world. Let me teach you how to do it, right? Um, I'm not there to help you or do it for you. So here are those tools and skills that you'll need to be successful. So we did start with puppies, but that said, we help a lot of older dogs as well. So any dog is welcome in our program. Um, we are trying to get out into the shelters and to the rescues next. That's kind of our next big push. You know, the breeders were really helpful for us. They just kind of started spreading the word. And so we got more and more breeders to work with. And so we are sending a lot of um, programs home with these puppies, which is fabulous. But we also want to recognize there are a lot of other good dogs out there as well. And we're happy to help them too. It's just nice if you can get people started from the get-go because we can prevent a lot of bad habits from forming versus having the older dog that, okay, they've had this habit for five years. Let's see if we can undo that. Absolutely, mm -hmm. we can. It just takes more time. Right, right. No, that makes sense, Amy, because I got to tell you, because I'm a type A personality, like I followed your program to the T thinking that it's 
gonna be perfect and it's really not it relates to like when you're dealing with a puppy right for me because at one point i was like oh man but i have to say that the program itself makes sense because now chili had never chewed any shoes in her entire life because i was really on it so i and we can undo all those behavior like you said it just does take double or triple the time you know like so that really that really helps boyer i know you're you're doing the eye look I look so I know you have some thoughts. <laughs> Fitz is getting way too good at reading body language. <laughs> um, You're welcome, Fitz. You're welcome. I know. Yeah. Thank you, Amy, because Amy talks about body language too with dogs and it applies to human. <laughs> no, it's it's super cool because you have the capabilities both way, like what you're sharing it. When you said when someone gets a dog there, you're a trainer, like it's automatic. It made me think of like, well, if you have a kid, like you're automatically a parent, you don't get to decide, well, I'm going to learn how to be a parent and then be one. It's like, nope, you're in this game now, like time to play. Um, but I just think it's really cool that you can help both puppies and older dogs or whatever journey they're at. But I think so many people, and I, maybe you can, this is kind of off the cuff too, but Maybe you can speak to what you've seen with with COVID have a lot more people actually been going out and getting puppies because they're home. And I think that that probably blew up a little bit and in, in seeing that people wanted those um, puppies at their at their homes during this time. So you've probably been able to see a large impact on that side, too. I don't know if you want to speak to that at all or, or what. Uh, yeah, we have actually seen an impact with that. And it's been exciting to see these shelters empty out and people go and get those dogs. And my initial thought was, I sure hope these dogs stay in those homes. I sure hope these people, you know, when COVID ends, that they keep them. And we are seeing, I believe, signs that they are, you know, that they are being responsible caretakers and, and taking those dogs in and caring for them. Um, COVID's been interesting. It's been an interesting journey for a lot of people. We're not leaving our houses as much. We're not going to school or work. And so our dogs are kind of becoming dependent on us being around, uh, whether they came from a shelter and a rescue or they came from a breeder, you know? Um, so one of the, I guess, tips I could offer to people would be if you do have a dog in your home, make sure they're spending some alone time each day. It's inevitable that our dogs will have to be alone at some point. We're not always with them unless they are your service dog and they are you know, always with you, but even a service dog, I would say has to learn how to be alone at some time. So it is helpful if you have a dog currently at your house to give them some alone time every day so that they get that skill. Otherwise, you know, they become that Velcro dog that literally panics when you leave or aren't around and we don't want that for them. It's, it's so important, Amy. And I, I knew it was important, but I didn't really know how important it was until I actually see it happening, right? In a way of with my dog, Chili, sometimes like Chris and I would, um, you know, like we're outside, we're like putting the dishes away in the main room or whatever. And after we talk, I was like, wait, where's Chili? I can't find her. Like Chili's like in the other room sleeping. She's like, see ya, I gotta go, you know, in a dark corner. Like that's that's how independent she gets when she wants to. And and I think that's, that's valuable because I don't, I don't want her to have anxiety because I'm not around, you know? So so I see that. So thank you for, for that teaching. And I just want to highlight it too. I, I wrote it down here, Amy, one of our sessions, I fully remember when you said, sorry, Fitz, but there's no, there's no relaxing. When as soon as Chili gets out of the crate, you're in training mode. <laughs> and it's so true, you know, cause, cause she follows you around. She follows you everywhere, you know? So they, they just look at you and they want their things to do, you know? So I think this is a, a good segue because for me, when I'm looking at your website, your website doesn't look like 
it was five years ago. There has always been the update. There has always been research. And I'm so fascinated. And you're, I could see your passion, even just talking to you right now, Amy, it's very refreshing because I could see that, that it resonates on you. And I guess my main question to that is, how do you balance like the passion and also the livelihood at the same time? Because in a way, it could be to all our business owners that's listening, right? Maybe some people are struggling with that. And for me, when I was in the fitness industry, I was teaching like 17 classes a week. And then I realized I'm like, I love what I do. I love teaching. I love people, but I'm also so tired and it brings out the worst in me. So I think if you could speak to that on how you manage that, you know, with family and everything. Yeah, that's been something that we've always tried to find balance with. And I I would say that's not easy. I agree with you. I mean, when you run a business, you pretty much eat, sleep, dream, like the business. (laughs) And you're always trying, you know, we're trying to improve and we're trying to revamp and we get, you know, questions. And so we're trying to figure out how can we make this easier for people? Um, And, you know, we are parents and we have three kids and we have our own dogs and, and, you know, things to take care of. So for me, it's really important that I keep my perspective clear Mm. and I keep my priorities in order. So first and foremost, it's my family. You know, my first um, thoughts go to my husband, Scott, and to my three kids. My kids are great ages right now. I have a high schooler, a middle schooler, and an elementary child. And I don't want to miss that. I don't want to miss out on their growing up years. So I make sure that I'm to their soccer games. And I've hired trainers to come in and help me so that they can do my classes or my Q&As when I need to be at a soccer game or I need to be cheering my kids on from the sidelines. And then personally, I try to find that time where I can just be me. And for me, it's outside. I love nature. We live in Northern Utah. And so we have mountains and lakes and um, all sorts of great trails around us that I can get out and I can just be. Um, I love to take my dog with me, you know, and go outside and get some fresh air and rejuvenate because if you don't, it really does kind of take over if you let it. Yeah, I could attest to that. Boy, do you have any? Yeah, I'm just kind of curious, Amy, if you're more of like a, a routine person or you kind of just shift around and adapt as you go. What's what's your normal go-to in that regard? Well, Scott teases me because I write everything down. I'm a list person. So I have like four calendars that I work from and I just keep everything written down. If I have it written down, I can let it go out of my brain and then I can relax. And then I feel like I can get into the other side of it where I can be more, I guess, in the moment and adaptable. But as long as I know I have it written down so that if I needed to go check what I'm supposed to be doing right now, I have it there. Um, And that's how it helps. I mean, that helps me a lot. Totally. No, it makes a lot of sense. Everyone's got their own style. I was just curious what, uh, what worked for you being that you're so on t- from what Fitz has said, you're so on top of things that I was wondering how, how you kept it all together, <laughs> but that makes well, sense. sometimes I do. And sometimes I don't, I have my moments. I'm definitely human, but my family has been a really good support and they uh, try to keep life fun and uh, non-stressful as possible. So we do our best. <laughs> I totally agree with you, Amy. It's almost like, what is that saying to fill your cup first before helping others? Because it does make a difference, right? For me and and I I've seen it, especially when we're in a QA session. You're like, you guys, I have a hard stop. I got a soccer game to go to, you know? So I'm like, yes, good job, Amy. <laughs> you know, so because for me, I'm rooting for that because you know, I'm I'm a firm believer, even in this podcast, we we do a lot of we promote a lot of self-care and self-worth because we want to make sure that we're recharged before you getting out there and helping others, you know? So I was wondering, how did you love teaching, Amy? Like, did you have a good teacher growing up? 
Yeah, I have to tell you a story about my favorite teacher. So I had a lot of good teachers growing up, but I had this one teacher when I was, let's see, I was a ninth grade. Yeah, I was in ninth grade. He was my ninth grade math teacher. His name was Mr. Bradford. And so when I was a ninth grader, that was part of the high school. So, uh, you know, you had upperclassmen there with you. But we were sitting in our class and he's pretty intimidating. He was this older gentleman, pretty old. I mean, we were all like, when is he going to retire? <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> um, but he, because of that, I think that was intimidating to us. But it was also he kept class a little bit scary. Like he always had a funny practical joke to play. And you were never really comfortable in his class. You just didn't know what was going to happen or if he'd do something. Um, but he encouraged us to stand up and teach each other. It wasn't that you just went into class and he just like talked to you and then said, okay, go do your math. It was, he would just call you out and say, Hey, Amy, it's your turn to teach today. Here's the topic. And so you, I came to class prepared. Like I knew that was what was going to happen. And I didn't know if it was me that day or somebody else got chosen that day, but I would come prepared. I knew my stuff. And, and he really taught me how to almost be a self um, teacher, like a, a lifelong learner, like teach yourself, learn how to do things yourself. You don't have to always be told what to do or how to do it. And that's really resonated with me throughout my life. I've learned a lot of skills and a lot of my skills just come from, I go get a book at the library and I read it, or I Google on you know the web how to do something and I teach myself how to do it. Um, and that's really a skill that he taught me just you know back in ninth grade math class. But I do remember one day, I will tell you, this is off topic, but I was sitting to my desk and we're taking a test and this big old black spider like dropped down on the desk next to me. <laughs> and of course the girls are like, Whoa, we're all screaming because there's this big old spider in the middle of the test. So that's just kind of the teacher he was. He would do something funny like that in the middle of a exam and he just kept class fun, but he kept it on a string. Oh, so it's a fake spider. Yeah. He had it on a oh. string with a stick and he would like, so we didn't know because he'd be in the back of the, the class and we're all taking our tests. Our heads are down and we're writing, you know, and he would just like, all of a sudden this big old spider comes down, lands on a desk and we're all <laughs> So anyway, it was a fun class. I learned a lot, mostly life lessons of, hey, if you want to know something, you know, go learn it. You know, you have the skills, go find the answer. Mm. No, I, I was just thinking like that impact that happened on you back then in ninth grade. And you said something, I, I love the reason you use these wording, lifelong learner. That's just something I've always tried to like brand myself as is just like continuously learning. But I, I think it's, it's interesting for the space of business you're in that some people besides like maybe their job or other things like training a puppy might actually be the first like big task that they've undertaken responsibility wise in terms of like another living creature. <laughs> Cause some people do that before they have kids. And I feel like you're, you're bringing that same level of responsibility. Like I noticed it when you said what, what Fitz had mentioned earlier about, like, nope, as soon as, as soon as the puppy comes out of the kennel, you're on, it's time to train. So I'm just bridging that gap for people where um, if you're looking back in life, you can have such an impact on people by empowering them to learn themselves and, and to teach and grow. And I feel like that's what you're doing through your, through your business. And you're probably teaching people other skills that they don't even realize just through training puppies that can translate to other things, you know, later on in life. So I just wanted to highlight that because I thought it was really cool. All right, guys, that is the first part from Miss Amy Jensen creator of Baxter and Bella. We have more coming another episode with her and we're going to find out what was her vision then and now. And also how does Amy recharge and what's going to happen if we put her in a time travel machine in five years from now. So look out for the second episode. <laughs>